Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's live broadcast and subsequent podcast. Welcome to Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel. Um, sponsored by NAC. So today we are talking all things gear because I have been sent a couple of things lately that I want to tell you about and one scam product. I believe it is a scam product. Anyway, it, it is hilarious. Um, and then I've got some questions from patrons to answer as well. So just before we all get started and everybody mills in and joins the room, um, we have um, a shout out to do first for the sponsors of the episode, Knack Sports Nutrition. So they make energy bars, waffles and energy and recovery powders and real food purees in pouches. So I used the bars and the waffles on the Arc of Attrition 50 and they tasted blooming lovely. So highly recommended. Use code WILDGINGERRUNNING for 15% off at uk.knack.com. So the first thing that I wanted to tell you about today is a pair of shoes and I've just realized I'm still wearing them. <laughs> so I need to take them off now to show you them. So um, the new Timp 5s came in um, a, a couple of days ago now and uh, I've been giving them a go and I just wanted to tell you the differences between these and the old Timp 4s because I think they are a massive improvement. Um, so I've just taken one off my foot now. Um, so the Timp 5s are from Altra. They are really well known. Altra is a really well known brand for having really wide toe boxes. So um, the Timp 5 costs £135 and it weighs 473 grams per pair and that's a UK size 6. So that is a cost reduction from the Timp 4, which I had in my notes as retailing as £140, and they weighed slightly more at 533 grams per pair. Now that was a UK size 6 that I had in the Timp 4s, but even so, that's quite a big weight difference, uh, even accounting for the slightly larger size there. So it's fair to say that these shoes are lighter. They also feel more robust all round. Um, like I'll show you the Timp 4s. Let's have a look at the Timp 4s. So this is the Timp 4s. You can see I've worn these a lot. <laughs> um, and you can see that the, the fabric that they use in the upper is, is quite sort of soft. Um, it's a soft knit and the rand, the protective uh, reinforced area here around the toe, that's still sort of quite squishy. Uh, whereas this new shoe um, looks just more robust. So it looks a little bit less breathable, this mesh, uh, but it feels like it's gonna be harder wearing. The rand is definitely harder as well. It feels um, more reinforced. So I think these are gonna last longer. But the main thing that sets these Timp 5s apart from the old Timp 4s is the grip. So now they're using the new Vibram, well, it's new to them, because Ultra haven't used this grip before, and I'm so glad that they've started using it because um, 
this was the main reason that I stopped wearing these Tint 4s, was um, if you have a look there, the, the grip on the Tint 4s just wore down really quickly. You can see that they're almost slick there. Um, this grip is Vibram Mega Grip now on the new Tint 5, so super amazing, robust, hard-wearing grip. I've used the Vibram Mega Grip in loads of different shoes. It lasts for ages, it's really grippy, um, even on wet, slimy stuff, it tends to be really good. So um, I'm really excited that Ultra are now using Vibram Mega Grip because you just, you can't use these for trail running anymore if it's at all muddy because the grip's just completely disappeared and it disappeared relatively quickly, I think, compared to most shoes. So that is excellent. Um, big tick, lower price, lower weight, better grip, more robust. That more robust feeling is great because it's also really good for the environment. It'll be much more sustainable um, and they'll last for longer, which is always a good thing in a shoe. And we'll come on to more about uh, caring for your shoes and making them last longer in a moment. Um, the midsole is the same, it's the Ultra Ego Max midsole cushioning, so this feels, uh, I don't know if you've used it before, but it feels bouncy and springy. Um, it's got a 29mm stack height, but the drop is still zero in this shoe, so um, if the zero drop doesn't suit you, you can use a heel insert, like a razor in the back. Not, not a razor that you would shave with, but like a, a heel razor um, that rise, raises you up um, to make them more like your usual drop. Ultra do make one shoe now that is low drop at four mil. It's called the Ultra FWD Experience, um, but it's a road shoe with hardly any grip at all. So it's not gonna help us um, for trail running. I personally think that Ultra should make the whole range of shoes. I'm a big fan of the wide fit for the, uh, the toe box here. So, <laughs> I've just read one of the comments, Kingsley says, no, thank goodness there's no smell-o-vision. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> there's no smell-o-vision here. Yeah, because these do look battered. Ah, oh, they smell okay. They smell okay. I haven't died yet. So, um, so yeah, uh, the, where was I? Um, that's, yeah, so I think it would be really useful if Ultra made transition shoes. So like most of us are running in what, like eight mil uh, trail running shoes, like the average trail shoe is kind of eight mil, isn't it? You get some kind of six mil, maybe four and five mil is quite common as well. But I'd say most of us are running in like six to eight mil shoes. So for us to suddenly go to a zero drop shoe, that puts quite a lot of strain on our Achilles and calf muscles. So... I think that Ultra should be making a six mil, a four mil, a two mil, and then a zero drop. And then you could buy a, the selection and, and work your way down or rotate them. Um, I think that would be a really prudent thing for Ultra to do to just open up this market to more people. Um, so I will be informing them of that. Uh, but I'm super glad that they have decided to make a Vibram outsole uh, on the Tint 5 because I just think this will make it last so much longer. It's much more uh, performative as a trail running shoe. So I think this has got legs, people. So yes, very good. I'll be using this over the next... I can't run too far in zero drop shoes, so I'll be using these for like short runs um, over the you know coming months. And so I'll, I'll give you feedback, but I'm, I'm guessing that because it's got the same uh, midsole, uh, it will be performing in a very similar way to the Tint 4. So it retains all the good parts of the Tint 4 and upgrades to lower weight, lower price and better grip. What's not to like? So that's great. Now I've got mud all over my desk. That's lovely. And the next item, where is it gone? Oh, I've just put it all the way over there. Hang on a sec. The next item that I wanted to tell you about... The next one is a very exciting new development from Harrier. So, you know, we love Harrier as a brand. Um, absolutely fantastic, really reasonably priced um, outdoor run, trail and ultra running gear, which is just so important. Um, this is the latest from the brand. Um, it's called the Lomond jacket. It says just Lomond just there. And this is an insulated jacket. So it's something you're gonna be wearing like pre-run, post-run, and it retails. This is just the thing with Harrier. They have such good price points. This retails at 78 pounds. I did a quick Google um, and most other insulated jackets from the other reputable brands, you know, like Om, Montaigne, Berghaus, like Salomon, 
rab, that kind of thing. They're all over £100 RRP, recommended retail price, and some almost £200. So at £78, you're really getting a lot of bang for your buck here. So they've sent me a size small, which is very flattering, <laughs> but I am a size 12 these days. So it's a little bit tight around the old hip area. I think I could do with a medium. I can fit into it, but I wouldn't be wearing like a huge jumper underneath it or anything. So if you're a size 12, then you wanna go for the medium in this. If you're a size 10, this will this small will fit you just wonderfully. I'm assuming that, so that I think that's um, very standard sizing. So I'm assuming the men's will be the same. They come in men and women's fits. The women's goes all the way from eight to 18 and the men's goes all the way from small to XXL. Um, there's some chest sizes in there that you can see on the website. I'd recommend going for a medium if you're a 12. Um, the really exciting thing about this jacket for me is the insulation material that they've used inside. Um, it's really light, so this small weighs a really nice and light 347 grams, which is a great weight for an insulated jacket that you, you could possibly put this in a dry bag and carry it in your backpack just in case, but I'm thinking this is more of um, a jacket that you're going to have in the car or around the campsite. Um, it's going to be keeping you warm in your drop bag, you know, like for the end of a race, that kind of thing. Um, this isn't the kind of jacket that I'd be taking on the run with me. Um, unless I'm running in the Arctic. So it's filled with something called, um, let me get this right, three, I don't think that's right, I think that might be a typo. Let me just check. Um, let me just Google this. It's 3M, it's 3M TM, flowable featherless thinsulate TM insulation, but I think that I might have done too many TMs in there. Let me just get this absolutely right for you. So we've got 3M. Yeah, it's just 3M. Uh, 3M. I don't know why I've put 3M TM. 3M flowable featherless thinsulate insulation, um, which is made from 80% recycled content. It's also blue sign approved, which means that it meets strict um, requirements for documented post-consumer recycled material and approved manufacturing processes from third parties. And that makes it have a lower impact on the environment. Um, it's good for employees and also for us consumers. So um, a biggie with this, you can launder it. Like I personally have never put a down jacket, oh, it's not a down jacket, I've never put an insulated jacket in the wash. Um, I've always just spot cleaned, you know, like if you've dropped some food on it or you've got some mud somewhere, I've always just spot cleaned it. But now you can chuck this whole thing into the actual washing machine if you want to. Um, so with that in mind, it's also really durable. It's supposed to fluff up just the same after it's been washed as well and be durable enough to wash. So that's another plus point for the environment. Also, it's animal friendly because it's not made of feathers. Um, and because it's not made of feathers, if it gets wet, it is warmer than down when it's wet because it's a synthetic material. So the, the fit is, is really good. There's a women's fit here. I've said I could do with a bit of a larger size, but the hood is really good. It's a fully adjustable hood. It's got these toggles just here and they're, they're attached here to the edge of the hood. So you only need to pull one with one hand to adjust it like that. You've got a little peak here, which is super handy for if it's uh, if the sun's in your eyes or if you just need to really batten down the hatches there. And then you've got another adjuster at the back here as well for the, just to make the hood really fit around your head properly. Um, it's got uh, adjustment at the hem as well. So you can cinch it in down at the base as well to not let any wind rush in. And you've got two really nice pockets and the zips are really grabbable with gloves as well. So completely glove compatible zips there. Really nice big pockets as well. They're cavernous. So you can fit lots of snacks or a hat and gloves in there. Um, and it comes with a handy bag. So you can stuff it into this little stuff sack for storage or to just keep it handy in the car. So it's a really lovely jacket for a fraction of the price, half if not more than half the price of your usual insulated jackets there from Harrier. So again, just another really good piece from them um, with great value and just it's fantastic that they're really into um, the ethics and the environmental side of things as well because this is the way that the outdoor world is going. 
I'm just going to read out some some watcher comments in a sec and before I get onto this really uh, incredible <laughs> but I think a scam product that I've been sent this week <laughs> which um, I've been talking to my patrons about in the various patron groups um, so I'll show you this as well um, but first let's read out some comments we've got Kingsley here we've got Andrea here as well we've got Rich he says good afternoon nice to be live here for a change um, Helen is here oh hi Helen lovely to see you she says newbie here first live for me welcome Helen uh, the best lives are the competition. You have to tune into that because somebody always wins something. Um, Kingsley said, thank goodness there's no smell vision That was in relation to the shoes. Yes, we're all glad about that. Uh, Andrea says she's in the market for a, a new shoes, so this is useful. Um, oh, Kingsley just got his Loman jacket yesterday. Excellent. He says it's very, very comfy and warm. Um, and uh, yep, he says read the size guide on their website. Uh, yeah, they sent me a small they know that I'm not a small but they sent me a small because that's the sample size they had <laughs> so yeah I, I wouldn't have ordered a small usually um it doesn't pack down small it's hard to fit in a vest vest a running vest yes yeah it's it can squish down but it's not the kind of thing I would take on the actual run with me and Nadia's here as well she's here uh from her lunch run hello Nadia hope your lunch run's going super well and well done for getting out there today here it is really damp it's been raining all morning uh, it's just stopped now so well done to you for getting out, if it's anything like that where you are. Right, now I want to tell you about this really, really weird scam thing that I got an email about. I'm going to show it you on, on my screen. I think I can do a share screen thing. Um, so it's... They, they sent me an email saying, hey, do you want to test this product? I sent them an email back saying... Um, yes I would love to, to send it to this address and then they sent me one back saying oh do you offer any compensation for the product it's going to cost $899 or or $1199 um, or can you offer us a product in return and I was like hmm yeah so I said well yes it will cost you duh, 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 to have a film about this on my channel um, and they haven't replied to that so I th I think basically it's a scam it's got to be a scam first when I saw it I was like this has got to be like some kind of April fool or something and then I realized it wasn't April um, and then I was like this can't be real it just it just can't be real um, see what you think anyway I'll show I'll just show you the website I'm sharing the screen now so it's called the um, DNSYS-X1 and it says go wild with the, I'm going to call it the Disney um, because it just looks like that as a word um, the Disney X1 so um, I'll scroll down it's uh, basically it's a thing you wear around your waist and then it's got two sort of robotic legs that come down and then they wrap around your thigh and presumably it doesn't actually say on the website that it <laughs> makes you run faster it basically pulls your legs up so that you can run faster so I'm just showing these images here and there's a, a lovely image of a, a lady running along the beach um, along some very pebbly, pebbly stuff that I, don't, I wouldn't really want to go that fast on, to be honest. It says it's the industry first chain links construction, guarantees a snuggly feel for a close and secure fit against the body, combined with flexible 3D knitted material with a ribbed structure, which is designed to be comfortable wear on any terrain. So you can see they've got a good grasp of uh, grammar there. Um, and there's loads of pictures of people kind of walking kind of posing really and climbing sprinting pacing and here is a video of um, an, a model using the uh, proposed invention it's basically an exoskeleton for running um, I posted it on the patron website and the patron Facebook group and people were like oh is this the next e-bikes for runners <laughs> and um and everybody agrees that it seems like it'd be a really good concept for people with limited motion, you know, like people with uh, less less um, able-bodied people or people with disabilities. It would be really useful for them. But as an able-bodied person, it's kind of cheating, isn't it? So I think that it is, especially with that email that I've had back from them saying, yes, do you provide compensation for testing the product? No, I don't pay this. You've got the wrong idea here. I don't pay you to review your products. <laughs> you pay me. <laughs> so to get the word out there, that's how it works. So anyway, 
Um, <laughs> so people on the live chat uh, don't think it's real. Um, Kingsley said, if it is real, I don't think it will be legal in Macy's. Yeah, I, I kind of think it'll be quite noticeable, don't you? I kind of think that nobody will be able to get away with wearing something like that. Rich says, uh, 1.2 horsepower. Now that would make the man versus horse race very interesting. It would, wouldn't it? Um, and it looks like awful Photoshop too. Yeah, I. <laughs> Andrea says way dodgy as well. So some of the other comments, I'll just read out some of the comments in the Facebook group because it was quite funny what people were saying. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that John, John Gardner said, a battery-powered robotic assistance device? It was only a matter of time. Now it seems quite silly, but here they come. So could this be a glimpse into the future maybe? Possibly. Um, I showed it to my husband as well, and he suggested that it, it's an actual, actually a training device that makes running harder, because that would make more sense, wouldn't it? If it's pushing down on your legs and not letting you run fast, it's kind of like a resistance trainer. I don't think it's that, though. Um, and uh, Rich Simpson on the Facebook group, not live just now, um, he wrote on the Facebook group earlier, he said, blimey, some organisers don't like poles on their races. I can only imagine what the reaction would be if you turned up in a powered exoskeleton. <laughs> um, uh, and Kat Elizabeth said, do bikes allow competitors with e-bikes in the same competitor category as regular bikes? No, they definitely don't. <laughs> basically like having a small motorbike and Nadia had said that's basically calling for a good hard crash after maybe two steps arms arms already full on head on on head in go modus legs struggling to get into the harness rest of the body in deep confusion <laughs> um and Peter says this looks like something that would result in instant injury Paul Jones says, you've got to review them and break some of your local Strava records, upset the Strava police. He says, I can see the medical benefits. It would be useful to enable people to have access to doing things they wouldn't normally have the physical ability to do. Um, but uh, he's guessing that the price point would rule out the average person. Um, it could be the future of running accessories. Um, years ago, people would have thought of carbon plate springs in trainers were being unfair. Um, Kat says, wouldn't you rather just have a bike? She could see the point for medical reasons, but not that doesn't seem to be their target. Um, she said, definitely accept and live broadcast the review. We will all bring beers and popcorn. I have tried, but I think, I think that it's a scam. Uh, Marie Burton agrees. She says, no, why would this be a thing except to support in a medical sense? Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and John Airy says, disqualified as soon as you cross the start line, I reckon. And Hannah C Neal says, that's mental. Literally can't understand who they're trying to target with that ad. I think they're trying to target people who, um, yeah, people who are gullible and <laughs> people who will give them some money to get this and review it, which is not going to be me. Okay. Um, and uh, Andrew is here as well. Andrew says... Hi, Andrew. He says, hey, all. Um, it would be good to know something more about the company. They have absolutely nothing on the website. Yeah, like Andrea said, way dodgy. Yes, yeah, so I think we could all agree that this is an excellent April Fool's. I wish they brought it out in April because I would have legit shared this with everybody on my social media and then gone, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, but yes, I think we can all agree that that is absolutely ridiculous. Let's just put the picture up just one more time just so that we can... Say, see how ridiculous it is. Oh, where's it gone? Here it is. Exoskeleton picture. There we go. There's a lady running in it. I reckon that's probably photoshopped onto her. Okay, so now we're going to get on to some questions from patrons. So just to avoid any confusion, so patron have added a thing, which is, um, which is you can follow a creator for free on patron. So I think this I personally don't really like it because it's, um, I think it adds, it makes everyone confused because they think they're a patron, but they're not because they're not supporting the channel. So, so just to be clear, these are questions from paid patrons who support the channel. Um, so thank you very much and much appreciated if you are a patron of Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel. Um, you can see, uh, you can see how to support on, oh, do I have a thing that pops up? Oh, I am my own worst marketing energy and enemy here. 
So no, basically it's patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning if you would like to support the channel. If you've watched a video and you think, yes, that's really helped me. If you've listened to one of the podcast episodes uh, with maybe Tim or an expert or a coach or a normal person come in last place and that's really helped you, then do consider um, um, supporting on Patreon. And the other thing is, a lady contacted me the other day. Um, She was called Deborah. Big shout out to you, Deborah. And she said, I don't want to subscribe on Patreon. I don't like to, you know, subscribe to monthly things. That's fair enough. And she said, I'd like to just give a one-off donation. So we had a chat over email and she just gave a one-off donation. And it was really, really, really lovely of her. Basically, she paid for the Arc of Attrition 50 film to be made. So thank you so much to you, Deborah. Um, It was really nice to chat to you over email. And thank you for your one-off donation. So yeah, so you don't have to become a patron. Um, But it is very nice of you if you are. And I much appreciated it. So these are the questions from the patrons. So the first one was a really, really good one. Um, it's by Arlene, a longtime patron. Um, she always has a good question, Arlene, and she's over in the US. Um, she says, because uh, I asked for questions about gear, she said, thanks Claire, but since joining the Green Runners, I've made a vow not to buy any new gear unless I absolutely need it. Probably some new shoes later this year. I've collected so much kit over the years, I would like to find places to recycle it. I know sponsors want us to buy their new stuff, but perhaps you could do a video at some point about the places we can send good used gear to. In the US, we have REI and Patagonia as places that will take back old used gear. Perhaps you have some locations in the UK also. Just an idea. I think this is a fantastic question and I wanted to kick off with this one because I just think this is a fantastic pledge that Arlene has done for the Green Runners. I joined the Green Runners lately as well, uh, just at the start of the year there. There's my little pledge here, Green Runners. I should have should have put it on my top there with some safety pins. Um, so yeah, I, um, I fully applaud anybody who's in Green Runners like I am. And um, yes, I think that's a fantastic pledge to not buy any new gear unless you absolutely need it. And I would say that I think most people um, that are patrons and most people watching the channel are probably aware of that. But it's really good to remind everybody. Um, So I have done an interview with a a really amazing lady. um, And this is a great way to recycle your old gear. So if you've got any old running gear or old any outdoor gear that you don't want to use anymore, then there's a lady called Fran who runs a company called Kit Squad. And she will pair up that kit. She's got a huge warehouse. She'll pair it up with people in need to help them access the outdoors. So you just simply post it to her in Shrewsbury or just drop it off if you're passing Shrewsbury ever. um, Just put it in a big parcel and post it off to her. Um, I did an interview with Fran. Um, um, It's in the podcast show notes or the YouTube film description below. Um, I did an interview with her. So she kind of showed us a little bit around her storage facility lock up there and showed us, she just said um, how they do things there and, and how you can donate to her. So that is an absolutely fantastic thing to do with all your outdoor kit. Cause I mean, you can take it to a charity shop, but if you don't live in an outdoorsy area, there's a quite a slim chance that somebody's gonna be going past wanting a size four pair of hoka trail running shoes or something like that is there you don't know who's going to be there um so if you send it to fran she'll definitely pair it up with people in need so that's a really good thing to do and then the next question also takes us on a bit more to um extending the life of gear which is brilliant i'm so pleased that all my patrons are really like on board with this as well because it's really nice to have some questions about how to recycle and improve and improve your gear rather than just um lots of questions about buying new gear which obviously we do need sorry i'm just going to take my jumper off because i'm really hot um and i've just seen that Tadeusz has said hi as well hey Tadeusz, how are you doing you need to do a shout out for Tadeusz because um he's having some treatment still so we need lots of re- good recovery vibes going his way so i hope you're feeling better soon Tadeusz, and um and we're all with you um, on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. So keep recovering, keep doing the walks um, and stay motivated and keep listening to our Ginger Running to keep yourself motivated for all those times when you can't run. Okay, so get well soon today. That's from everybody. Um, so Kingsley says that Innovate have started recycling and repairing gear. Yes, this is great. So I've got, I've got a few recommendations for this because Peter, another patron, he says, how to repair kit. 
I am a big fan of Pair Ups for shoes. The creator of it might be good for a podcast too. They have extended the lifespan of my Cloud Ultras. And also something I've been using is Trainer Armor Heel Hole Preventer. I have some running shoes that I just get these holes off in the back from my heel rubbing. Um, but with these um, heel hole preventers, I have put close to 700 kilometers in my Ahari 6s and they're still going strong. I would love to know if you have any repair slash lifetime extenders in your gear bag to keep gear going as long as possible. Fantastic question, Peter. I love this question and I, I love the fact that it's a gear chat and what we're chatting about is how to recycle our gear, how to not buy any gear and also how to repair our gear. I just think that's fantastically amazing and I think you're all brilliant. So um, yes, Peter, so life extenders for gear. Um, I would recommend washing your shoes with Nick Wax or Grangers. This, they have specialist treatments. Um, they have, uh, and then you can wash and reproof your waterproofs too. So I've got films on both of these. Um, I've got a film on the best way to clean your smelly running clothing and shoes. Um, it's uh, quick and easy and it makes them last longer. So I've put a link to that in the film description below as well. I've also got a film on the best way to reproof your waterproof running jacket and trousers, either by machine washing or by hand. So that's on YouTube as well. And I'll link up to that in the film description below and the podcast show notes as well. And then personally, I like to use a sewing kit. I have a sewing kit that my nan gave me ages ago and I sew stuff up again like... I've got a few things to show you. I think they've slid off. Um, here they are. So like the inner seam of running shorts. So this is a just a pair of the really old running shorts. I just really like, like they're so old. They're Ciccone, but the Ciccone's just come off because it's so old. Um, so I just sewn them up. I didn't even have the right colour thread. I've sewn it up with some red thread, but that was a hole and I'm not the best sewer in the world, but you know, they're just for use in, I don't care what I look like. Um, so yeah, they just, it's coming apart there as well. I don't know if you can see that. It's coming apart there. So I will be sewing that up as well because I really like these and I just can't be bothered to buy any new ones. Um, I've also sewed up a backpack. So the mesh there that had a hole in, I sewed that mesh up like that. Um, and then I've used this, honestly, I've had this for about 20 years now, this backpack is absolutely brilliant. It, I think it's Mammut. Um, is it Mammut? Let me have a look. Marmot. Easily confusing, this Marmot backpack. There, I got it when I was back on Trail magazine. Is it that way? Is it that way? That way, there you go. Marmot. And it, as you can see, it's really old. Like it probably needs an actual wash. <laughs> But um, it was coming apart here because this is one of the high wear areas where you pull this cord in and out. So I just sewed it up. And again, I don't have the right color thread, but I just double it over and I sew it up like that. So that is what I do. Um, the next one for me is to repair a zip. And that's a bit more tricky. I've not repaired a zip before, but I'm fully on board with just going for it, to be honest. So this zip here has, you can see it's come off the other side. So I'm going to have to repair that. I'll just get a zip off the market and um, and see how I go with that one. I mean, what? How hard can it be? You pro presumably you sew that side to there, and you sew the other side to there. You, oh, you probably unpick this one first, and then you sew them both sides, and then you have a zip. I don't know. It might be harder than that, but we'll find out. So that's my next job. So I really, really, um, really recommend sewing things up. Um, waterproofs are a little bit more tricky. You can get some uh, clear stick-on sort of plasters to repair waterproofs with. Um, some waterproofs even come with a little cutout square of waterproof fabric that you can make repairs with. So that is, uh, so always keep those if you have got those when you've bought them. Um, sleeping bags and sleeping mats can be a little bit more problematic. Um, I've not had to yet repair a sleeping bag. I think I would just stick like a, one of those stickers on if it, if it got a tear in the sleeping bag. I do have... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A mat at the moment from Outkit. It's a really nice, big, double inflatable mattress, but the valve has gone. So I don't really know how I could personally repair that. Um, I'd need a valve of exactly the right shape and size to put back in and the glue to stick it down. So I think um, Outkit actually do do a repair service. So I've got in mind to take it to them, but I need to be passing the area um, rather than post it because it's quite big. I think it would cost loads to post. So I'm going to wait until I'm passing the area. So loads of brands are doing repair surfaces now. So um, as Kingsley mentioned, Innovate are doing one, um, Outkit are doing one, Armour doing them, Rab are doing them. So that's obviously like presumably for their gear that they like to repair. <laughs> I'm sure if you pay them, they'll repair any gear, but presumably it's like for their kit. And there also are a lot of independent people repairing kit like scottishmountaingear.com. There's Snowdonia Gear Repair as well. And I found a blog called homemadeadventures.co.uk and they have a list of outdoor gear repair stations. So I have put a link to that in the film description below and the podcast show notes as well. So we've got a few more people joining live. This is exciting. We've got Tracy H. Hey, she's just got the chance to pop on. Hi, Tracy. How are you doing? Um, Today she says thanks for the get well soons. Much appreciated. And Hannah Basley is here. Yeah. She says pair ups are on my need to get list. She got a couple of pairs of shoes that will need them this year. Um, yes, and she likes the sound of the heel things, that's good. Um, yes, so I took some photos of these so that we could see what pair-ups are. So this is what Peter was talking about there. So this is their light repair kit and it has some, it basically has two strips of K-tape in it. So you can make your own, to be honest. I mean, they've got two strips of K-tape there and then there's some glue and it's called Magic Elastic Glue or something like that. If you go on the pair-ups website, you can see what glue it is that you have to buy. You can just buy the glue um, and you can also buy the glue and loads of bits of K-tape. So, I mean, it's just as simple as buying some K-tape and buying the glue and then sticking it to your shoe to, um, you can smooth it down um, with a back of a spoon if you don't have their special wooden smoothing it down thing. Um, but yeah, I saw them doing it on the Green Runners stand at the National Running Show this year um, and it was really quick and easy and it extends the life of your, your shoe by however long it takes to wear the K-tape down. So, and you can also, the best thing is you can cut the K-tape into lots of different colors. So you can have like hearts, you could have like a cat. <laughs> you could have, you can just basically make your shoes into a new pair of shoes. Um, the other thing that, um, that Peter was talking about was trainer armor. Um, heel hole preventing so I took a picture of those too so they're available in black and white and basically they're just kind of like blister plasters for the back of your shoe so you can see if I make the picture really big you can see how somebody's worn a hole in the back of their heel there and some people find that that is um, a wear hotspot for them so this little device is if you find this happening to you you need to put this on before it starts happening ideally because it prevents the holes from appearing in the first place so it's just a little strip of fabric it possibly even is k-tape or something very similar so you could always get some k-tape and try it with that just cut it to it's like the shape of a sort of a flattened mexican hat um, and it just goes around your heel um, like a heel protector so that sounds like you could get a lot of life into lots more pairs of shoes that way so that's a really good suggestion thank you peter for that one um and yeah, Andrea says that the Outkits repair is very good and Rich Simpson says he has taken gear to sewing repair shops um, because they can do it better than he can and it saves him spearing himself with a needle and scissors. Now that's a really good point. Like here in Stanford, we got a lady who does like tailoring and she, um, she can tweak dresses and things like that. Why would she not be able to put a zip back into your backpack or why would she not be able to repair um, some uh, part of your backpack that needed sewing back up? So, um, so yes, why not? I think that's an absolute brilliant suggestion. Thank you. So now that we're 
now that we're through um, extending the life of our gear and not buying any gear if we don't need it, now let's go on to some questions where people do actually need some gear. So we have Helen, who is a new patron, and she needs help on everything, she says. She says, OMG, everything. Jackets, socks, backpacks. I have a Salomon 10 litre backpack, which is great, but will it be enough for the Jurassic Coast Ultra? Um, it, the Jurassic Coast Ultra is her first Ultra. It's 58K, so that's 36 miles. It's in May and she's got no clue. She's working for all the videos though. That's fantastic, Helen. And also um, hit me up on Patreon um, messages if you have any particular questions, I can help you. Um, she also says, what is a good lightweight top with long arms to protect from the sun, but still be cool? Or should I just plan on sun cream? So there's lots of things there. Let's just unpack this for you, Helen. So jacket wise, we start with, no, let's start with what you've already got. Okay, let's start with the Salomon backpack, the 10 litre backpack. I think that is gonna be absolutely fine for you. Um, it's May, so it's not winter. It's kind of nice spring to summer type weather, possibly. So you're not gonna to need to take more than 10 litres, I don't think, uh, for that kind of distance, um, especially as there's probably gonna be some fuel stations. So you're not gonna to have to carry too much and the mandatory kit list isn't gonna to be too scarily long. So that 10 litre backpack, that will allow you to pack, um, you know, waterproof trousers, waterproof, um, maybe an extra layer, like maybe a long sleeve top, because I would probably wear a t-shirt at that time of year. It depends what the weather forecast is doing though I mean I have known it's snow in May so yeah I would if it's going to be a warm normal sort of May time day I would probably wear and I'm ginger I would probably wear a t-shirt short sleeve t-shirt and I would just put sun cream on so I've been using p20 because you can it's like a spray on um sort of uh, liquid clear liquid that lasts all day apparently that's not eco-friendly so I need to look into eco-friendly options for sun cream I met a lady on the Sussex stride 52 and she told me um, about it's there's a sun cream called green something um, and I need I completely forgot it I thought oh I remember that I completely forgot immediately um, and now I don't know what to look for so if anybody knows of any green sun creams that actually would work on a ginger person then please hit me up in the comments below um, so so yes t-shirt I would go for a good lightweight top if you're made of money then store running do very very nice long sleeve tops if you're not made of money I would go for something like Ron Hill they do really nice bog standard running tops there's also higher state as well they do good long sleeves and short sleeve running tops also decathlon as well is a good choice for those um, and just get something made of a, a technical breathable fabric um, that wicks the sweat quickly will dry quickly and keep you comfortable on that hopefully nice sunny May day so then you have said jackets so there's options here it I don't know what your budget is but if you are low on budget, you might wanna to go decathlon way. There's the Edovix jacket um, that's around, well, it was 55 pounds a couple of years ago. It might've gone up by now, 60, 70 pounds even still. Um, but most lightweight, sort of super light, like just in case jackets, are that are around like 200 grams-ish for presuming you're like similar size to me, ladies sort of 12 kind of size. Um, they're going to be like 200 grams, the lightest ones. So something like the Om Halo or the Innovate Storm Shell or the Montane Minimus Light, um, they're going to be all around like 120 pounds. Um, but if you want to go a bit cheaper, um, uh, but that will mean it's a bit heavier, you could try the Harrier Exmoor jacket, which is 340 grams. Um, that's 94 pounds, so it's a little bit less. Um, if you if you do want to be really on a budget, then Kalenji by Decathlon is probably the best one for you. Um, it's a good combination of being light and um, and waterproof, but it's not going to have that comfy inner sort of grey sort of they call it the scrim, the inner side to the waterproof, so it will feel more plasticky against your skin. Um, if you're only going to get one waterproof ever, I'd I'd err on the side of a little bit higher weight, to be honest, because it'll mean it's more robust. You can use it in lots more situations. You can lose it on really extreme remote mountainsides as well as on your trail runs. So if you're only gonna get one jacket, then go for like 350 gram jacket. Um, if you're gonna get uh, several, or just if you're gonna get two, then you could go for an emergency lightweight jacket, which is about 200 pounds as well. Um, let me just see what the live chat is saying about waterproof jacket as well. Um, oh, some people have put um, some good sun lotion suggestions as well. Reef safe sun lotions are 
um, good eco-safe. Decathlon gear is really great, that and arm. Yes, yeah, Lloyd says um, decathlon gear is great and arm. Yeah, decathlon gear is great. It's a family-run company. So um, it's a really big company, but it's family-run. And the ethos of that family is that everybody should be able to access the outdoors. So they're actually, they don't take all the profits and give it to shareholders. They're just a family that want everyone to access the outdoors. So they've got a really good ethos. Kingsley says the Exmoor jacket, that's the Harrier jacket. He says that's amazing. Um, so that's good to know, Kingsley. It is just a little bit heavy, isn't it? It's like a little bit of a, like a thicker, heavier weight jacket. So um, if you do buy two, then you'd probably want that one for like your winter stuff and then a super lightweight maybe for the summer ones where you're probably not going to be using it, but you'd need it for the mandatory kit. Um, so Rich says he likes a long, long sleeve t-shirt, but with the sleeves that are easy to pull up when getting too warm. Yes, because it can be breezy and chilly on the coast. So being able to put those sleeves up and down helps um, regulate temperature. That's a really good, um, that's a really good shout, I reckon, from Rich there. Um, thanks for sending that in. Um, the other option there, now you've mentioned it, is um, those sort of arm sleeves that you can get. Um, a lot of cyclists wear those, don't they? Because you can roll them down and up quite easily when you're on the bike. Um, but that can also really work for some runners as well. So there's those options as well. I know Debbie Martin Consani always wears a nice pair of um, like arm warmers. So um, she's she's a good one for those. Um, Today has an opinion on decathlon t-shirts. She said he says they're cheap, but he found them a little bit itchy. Um, but their other stuff worked for him, like the Hydro Vest was really good. Oh, another suggestion for sun cream: Green People sun cream. Oh, okay. I will Google Green People. Um, and yeah, Kingsley got his Exmoor jacket for the 13 Valley, so definitely need a reverse jacket. Yes, it was very rainy that race, wasn't it? <laughs> I heard about that race. <laughs> very, very rainy. Uh, Helen is taking notes as we speak. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad this is helping you, Helen. We've got socks to do now. Um, oh, and also there's a couple of videos that I don't know if you've come across already. I have done two videos on um, waterproof jackets. So I've done a super light one. You know how I talked about how you could get a super light one if you're gonna get more than one jacket. Um, so uh, I've done the six best super light trail running waterproof jackets. That includes Arm, Innovate, Salomon, Montaigne, Ultimate Direction and Run Hill. That's on YouTube linked in the film description below and linked in the podcast show notes as well. Then we have the six best, oh, sorry, the best waterproof jacket for running 2020. So that was a few years ago now, but they all make a pretty much the same thing. Um, Innovate, Salomon, Montaigne, Arm, Ultimate Direction, Rab and Kalenji. So those prices range from £55 to £190. So that's on YouTube as well. Link in the, bar, in the show notes and uh, the everything. Uh, Graham has some advice here. He says, just be careful when jackets are described as waterproof. Often waterproof jackets fail just when you need them most. The Montane spine is very expensive, but brilliant. Yes, yeah, so there is a difference. There's, there's windproof and there's waterproof and there's water repellent, which is not waterproof. So a waterproof jacket will have taped seams. Um, I don't know if I, oh yes, here we go. I've got the ultra, the nano jacket from Saw here. So I just show you the taped seams because um, Basically, if you buy from a reputable brand like those ones I've just listed in those films like Innovate Salmon Montaigne Arm, it will be clear if it's waterproof or not. There won't be like any marketing jargon, blah, blah, blah. They'll be like, this is a waterproof jacket, this is a wind resistant jacket. And it'll be very clear if you buy a waterproof jacket from a reputable brand, it will be waterproof. Um, so this is what you're looking for basically, is taped seams. Now it won't always be this obvious, like a black thing across the seam. But basically, when you sew together any bits of waterproof fabric, they're going to get little tiny holes in and it renders them not waterproof. So then you have to tape the seams where you've sewed it together. So there you go, that's, that's what taped seams looks like. Most jackets won't be as obvious as this. The tape will be see-through or white to go with the jacket or gray. So you won't be able to see them as obviously, but you will be able to see that the seams are taped. So that's what you're looking for. Um, so there's some videos for you to watch there as well, Helen. So you can, um, you can do some homework now and see what works best for you. Oh, you did say about socks as well, didn't you? Christian has a question on socks as well. So we'll come to Christian for that question, um, on socks. 
Um, yeah, so hopefully that has given you all the information you need. Your backpack should be fine. Some jackets advice for you. Now we have a question from Tony about waist belts for poles, which I need input from the group on this one because I haven't actually done this. So she says, waist belts for poles um, and a small amount of hydration, etc. Are they just annoying to wear? Plus, do they bounce around a lot? Have you had personal experience of them? So a short answer, no. <laughs> I, I have worn waist belts in the past and I've got, randomly, I've just got three here to show you. Um, so I have used them in the past for just carrying a small amount of stuff but I haven't used them for wearing using poles. The races that I've been doing poles, I've been using a 10 litre backpack that has enough for me to carry everything so I don't need the extra carrying capacity of a belt. Um, and when I use the poles, I tend to just get them out the whole time and just use them for the entire time. Um, I don't tend to put them away and stuff like that. So I haven't as yet needed to wear a belt to put my poles on. But all these three belts have um, attachments for poles so that is definitely something you could do and if anybody else has experience of this on the live chat now then it would be really handy for you to write in and tell us your opinions and tell us which one you've been using and if you're watching this later as well then if you could put a comment in the live in the youtube comments and that would be really handy the first belt i've got is a, is a salmon one this is actually my friend helen's um she she left it at the lakeland 50 and i have yet to catch up with her to give it back to her so this has got some bungee cord here and here for some poles but what it doesn't have is any sort of um tightening it's just elastic and so if you have too much in this will it slip down who knows i haven't actually used this one because it's my friend helen's so that is an option one like that the next slightly more adjustable option is this i've used this a lot this is from camelback and it's called the ultra belt now it's got a little bit more to it. It's got a bit, bit more of a bigger pocket. There's more going on here. You can cinch it in um, via this toggle here. So you can make it tighter around you by tightening this pocket basically, both here and here. And so if you were to attach poles through these bungees just here, then you could presumably cinch it in and stop it from falling. I really like this belt. This doesn't fall down on me, which is an absolute hallelujah. And uh, yeah, so I really recommend this one. Um, it's got lots of room in it as well. And then the other belt that I've been testing lately is the Harrier Baslow. So this is the cheapest one of the lot. I think um, that Camelback Ultra Belt is like 40 quid or something and the Salomon's probably similar, like 40 or 50 quid. The Baslow belt is 28 pounds, it's from Harrier. And the great thing about this uh, is that it's got these silicon grippers all the way around the inside. So in theory, it shouldn't slip down. For what I've been carrying in it, it hasn't slipped down as yet. But that having been said, I haven't used it with poles. So this is where you'd put the poles and it's on top of the main compartment here. So you'd probably want to have that sort of fairly full so that the poles didn't have this extra fabric to move around. So I haven't actually tried that yet, but it is an option and that is probably your most reasonable costing one. And it's also the one which has the most adjustment to it because it's got this clip belt and you can pull, pull it in if you need it to be tighter. So that's got the most options for adjustment as well. So any of those three might be a good option, but actually it's, it's, it's down to personal experience. I mean, I'm a different shape to you, so I don't know what would work for you. Um, so it might be just, you might just have to get a secondhand one or maybe borrow one from a friend if you can and just try it out because you're not gonna know until you try it out personally um, and see if it works for you. I'm just gonna open a window because it's getting really hot in here with all the lights on. There we go. It's quite windy outside, that should be nice. Okay, let's see what everybody said on the live chat about that. Let's see if we can help you out a bit more, Tony. Um, ba -da -ba -da -ba. Uh, oh, we're just back with the uh, windproofs for a second. Just wanna read a comment from Hannah. She says she's got a windproof jacket. It's supposed to be a much better option when it's not properly raining, but you just want a layer on to protect from the wind. Saves wear and you're waterproof and cheaper and packs well. This is a really good point. So. I do a lot of running with just a t-shirt on or long sleeve top and uh, a windproof um, and then have the waterproof in your bag just for times when it is actually raining. Um, a windproof is super good for just 
it's so light and it packs down so small like you can get them that weigh about 60 grams these days um, they pack down so small like to the size of your fist like that but they're so warm when you put them on and if you get one that's a size too big you can put it on over your running pack I always talk about this don't I a same with the waterproof jacket but when I'm in races I tend to just take the waterproof because the waterproof is obviously windproof as well so it acts as both things so I just take the waterproof one um, Rich says he's never bothered with quivers or straps for poles. Um, on the times I need both hands, I put the poles behind my back in between the shoulder strap, sort of samurai style. Um, so like you mean, like if I get a pen, like this is the poles, do you mean like, like this down your back, like through a shoulder strap? Because I've done that with a hiking pack before, but I tried to do it with a running pack, but because this kind of stuck to your back in much more of a, a body fitting way, it actually just, I just stabbed myself with a pole. So, um, so for anyone who's listening on the podcast, what I'm doing is reaching behind with a pen and sliding it down the small of my back. Um, where's the small of my back? No, my shoulder blades, not the small of my back, down the shoulder blades. Um, so you you can do that if you need both hands. Um, I, I've not really done many ultras where I have needed both hands. Um, I, I, because if you're needing both hands, maybe you're actually rock climbing. If you're just scrambling, you can usually get away with holding both poles in one hand and using the other hand to stop yourself from falling off the rock. So that's how I've done it so far. Um, and yes, yeah, Rich Simpson says I've done that right, but it takes practice. Yeah, so you can slide the poles down, um, down your back. If they're a bit muddy or if they've got a big mud guard on, that can be a little bit painful. Um, but yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. You've also be quite, got to be quite careful about other people in the near vicinity of you so you don't lampoon them or spear them. Um, so so today says one thing I'll eventually have to buy is waterproof socks for muddy trail runs since none of my shoes are waterproof. Ah, this brings us on nicely to the last question in the program today. It's from Christian Poulton. Um, so thanks for that today. Let's get up Christian's question now. This is the last one. Um, Christian says, socks, with a big exclamation mark. I have tried many different brands and types and found that the Injinji toe socks work well for me personally. However, what to do when you have, have to run through water, bog, mud, etc., and your shoes are waterlogged? I've tried waterproof socks on, long, on shorter runs only and found that my feet sweat so they are still damp and I worry about blisters forming. What is best, waterlogged socks but, breath but breathable or waterproof socks that perhaps are not breathable? So this is a very interesting question, Christian, and I think some people will find things differently so some people will want one thing some people want that another thing so some it works for some people it doesn't work for everyone so I'm just going to tell you um some of my experiences with waterproof socks um and some of my experiences with um uh with uh having really wet shoes so um socks my favorite pairs of socks at the moment to wear are Bridgedale which I really like I like these because they're a little bit th thicker they're kind of like a thick sock. They've got, um, they're not a slim sock. Well, some of them are slim, but the ones I like from Bridgedale are kind of slim. They're kind of like bridging the gap from a hiking sock to um, a running sock. They've got like um, loads of uh, vented areas where you need the venting on the top and then padded areas under the toe and the heel there. Um, and as you can see, I've worn these quite a lot, but they're still going strong. They don't have any of that, um, you know, bobbly bit there uh, at the toe area, you know, where the stitching is at the toe and it just rubs you. Doesn't have any of that. So that's Bridgedale. I really like Bridgedale. Um, done quite a bit of work for Bridgedale as well, like researching these socks as well. Patrons in 2020, just before the COVID lockdown, we did a big survey and we all helped like design the new trail running range. So that was really fun. Then just recently, I've really got into CDAS socks as well. So um, I've been using these. These are a bit of a slimmer sock. They don't really do as much of a padded sock as the Bridgedale ones do. Um, so they're more of a slim sock. They're asymmetrical. So you have to keep wearing one on one side. Um, um, the thing I like about these is they have a silicon gripper around uh, just 
before just after the heel so before the arch and that keeps the sock in place on your foot and it also helps to keep your sock in place in the shoe as well so when I combine these with the CDAS insoles which I've been doing for all my ultra runs this year um, I've been finding that my feet don't slip around like they may have done in the past so that's been really good they're a teeny bit more padded at the front here and at the heel and they've got a little bit of a uh, ankle thing there for in case you're like me and bash your ankles periodically when you run I also like to wear a long sock as well so you can hoik them up and they don't disappear down your heel so that's the two socks that I like to wear so hopefully that was useful for Helen who's asking about socks these are expensive sorry these are less expensive yay um, that's Bridgedale um, if you want cheaper socks you could go for higher state innovate do a pack of socks as well and Harrier have just started doing socks they're two for 19 pounds so that's a lot cheaper than usual so you could try those as well and see how they go um so to answer your question about waterproof socks Christian I used waterproof socks on the Cape Wrath Ultra because it was sort of recommended that you'd be going through loads of bogs and you probably want to keep your feet dry but when you run you sweat so I just found that my feet were getting kind of sweaty and rubby inside the sock and it was just horrible and I got really bad blisters and I ended up just wearing actual socks like normal normal socks like this and they would get wet and then they would dry so the shoes I was wearing was the Innovate there were some Innovate shoes that I was wearing and they had fairly breathable uppers so when you were in stepped in any sort of muddy bit or watery bit it was definitely um, definitely got a waterlogged foot but then once you started going again the water would kind of exit the shoe gradually and you'd gradually end up with a sort of a damp a damp sock rather than a rather than a completely wet waterlogged sock um, so I would say maybe you want to look at a bit more breathability um, in the mesh of the upper of your shoes that you're wearing if you're feeling that they're really staying waterlogged um, and if you feel like it's the sock itself that's remaining waterlogged you might want to look into what brand that you're wearing because um, some of the, the some of the less technical fabrics in a sock so like possibly aligning with the cheaper socks they tend to hold water so like I've got some higher state socks that you can get five in a pack for 12 pounds or something and that you can really tell the difference between them and the Bridgedale socks in that they just stay wet whereas the Bridgedale socks they sort of pump the water through and when you're running along the water gets pumped through and they become dry after a while like these feel dry when you've been wearing them not stepping in puddles um the other thing you can do, because obviously if it's really cold, like on the Arc 50, which we both did um, in January, if it's, well, it wasn't that cold that day, but if it were cold <laughs> that day and you didn't want to get wet feet in that, in that sense, you could wear, you could definitely wear some waterproof socks. You might want to wear some liner socks underneath, you know, like how you would wear a long sleeve base layer under a waterproof jacket. You probably wouldn't wear a waterproof jacket naked, would you? So that might be an idea. You just have to make sure your shoes were big enough. The other idea that I have for you is to use something like this. So this is trench foot cream and you put this on before you run and um, I don't know if you've used something like this before but you put it on all over the foot and it prevents against water ingression so it's um, it's made from natural ingredients and it acts as a barrier to reduce the onset of maceration and blisters so I used this on the Arquitrition and I did get a blister in my heel but that was because I was wearing I was an idiot and wore some new shoes um, so so yes yeah, so I recommend wearing something like this you can also use gurney goo there's swirls nut butter stuff like that there's loads of stuff like this there's also CDAS make one as well that um, that's really good so yeah um and um just let me see um Lloyd says ah there here we are from Lloyd he's already saying my preference is silicon lube it stays on when your feet are wet prevents chafing your feet will get wet whatever and the running will eventually squeeze out water yeah that's exactly what I was trying to say <laughs> well done Lloyd for saying it in little words um, uh, Hannah Basley says, um, in gingy socks for the last section works well for her. So in gingy socks, those socks with the little individual toe holes, um, they can work really well for some people. Um, I think they're brilliant. I wear them all around the house, but then when I put them in a shoe, it makes my foot bigger like that because there's fabric around each one and it makes the little toe rub even more unless I'm wearing something like an ultra shoe, which is really wide toe box. The ones I showed you at the beginning that looked like this. 
Um, so yeah, so Injinji can be a good option as well. Unfortunately, it can be a case of just trying a few things and buying them. If you can buy, oh, you can't really buy socks secondhand, can you? But yeah, just you'd have to sort of fork out and make a little bit of an investment. Maybe if you can get something in a sale, um, and then if they don't work for you, then donate it to Fran from Kit Squad. Um, Helen wants to know how to spell CDAS. Oh, it's S-I-D-A-S. -S. If you watched the last video that I made on the ARC 50, um, that was sponsored by them. So um, they uh, the, their logo will come up in that and you can see it. Um, so it's pronounced CDAS because I think it's French. I It could be CDAS. I don't know. I call it CDAS. Um, yeah, and uh, the reason that they, the reason that anyone sponsors me is because I like their stuff and I've gone to them to say, will you sponsor me? It's not me going, oh, it's not me saying, oh yeah, I'll sponsor your stuff and then tell everyone it's great. It's, I go to them. So that's how it works. So you know that I'm only promoting stuff that I actually like and have used. Um, Andrea says, I will only use waterproof socks when I need to keep my feet warm. Yeah, exactly. So I've used waterproof socks in the past, you know, like if you're mainly like mountain biking, actually, <laughs> that's a good shout. So you, you know, you get water over, over the shoe and you splash through puddles and then you get a cold feet because the wind's whistling past. So yeah, it's a tricky one to know when to wear waterproof socks and not. I've still not really nailed it, to be honest, myself. Um, but generally I would not wear waterproof socks, even on a winter race, because as long as you keep moving, hopefully your feet are going to be warm enough um yeah so those are my thoughts but let me know how you get on Christian and um and let's see um see if putting some of this trench stuff on first helps you out okay right need to wrap up the broadcast now because we've been going for a whole hour um so we need to do a shout out to the sponsors of the of the episode Nax Sports Nutrition so as I said before they make the energy bars they make the waffles they make the energy and recovery powders and real fruit food purees and pouches and the bars that I used on the Arc of Attrition 50 were the peanut and chocolate bar which was yummy and the fruity bar as well which was also yummy and I also liked the chocolate waffles and the caramel salted caramel waffles are you sensing a theme here yes i love chocolate it is absolutely amazing i love chocolate um so these uh these food products are highly recommended if you want to invest in some nice sports nutrition rather than making your own flapjacks and things like that so you can use you can try them out by using the code wild ginger running for 15 percent off at uk.nac.com and the link to that will be in the bio as well and final comment from Rich Simpson says, you definitely want socks that drain super quick. So yeah, look for quick drying fab, um, quick drying fibers. So yeah, basically, unfortunately, the more you pay, the more likely you are to get a really technical sock that dries really quickly um, and uh, wicks that sweat away and the water away. Um, so yeah, that is, it's, it's a bit sad, but I have found that to be true, sadly. Okay, so on that sad note, <laughs> we'll end the broadcast now. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. It's really good to speak to you today. Let me know in the comments below what you thought about that ridiculous exoskeleton. Let me know if you've got the Harrier Lohman jacket. Let me know if you are thinking of getting the Ultra, the new Ultra Timp 5. And let me know if you've had any really good ways to um, extend the life of your gear. Um, if there's anything we've not covered here, then hit me up in the comments below and we will try to get your question answered um patrons get all their questions answered um if you want to join me on patreon that's amazing and if you are a patron much appreciated thank you so much you are amazing cool okay bye everybody and have a great wednesday and i will see you very soon okay see you bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.